Welcome to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more info about Freedom Church, visit hellofreedomchurch.com. Amen. So I want to give a special welcome to our online community who are tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning in, as well as for our Crookston campus. So awesome to have you guys as well uh, over there in Minnesota. Uh, know God is doing great things in that community, and we're just excited for all that God has for you over there, which is great. We've been in a sermon series. You've been with us the last couple weeks called Walk It Out. It's kind of been actually our summer theme, going through different portions of the book of Ephesians. And it's been a, a good study. Uh, I don't know about you, though, but sometimes really simple, practical parts of Scripture just kind of blow by me. Not because I don't understand it, but it's almost like the practicality, the simplicity, I don't know what it is. It just kind of goes by me. And so it's been really good for me just to, just to meditate and to dig in on some of the, just the simple, the simple stuff. Sometimes it's the simple stuff that can be the most transformative if you really apply it. And I know that's been a challenge for me, and the Lord's challenged me in this series. You know, I think of what my dad always told me growing up, a very wise man, probably watching, love you, Dad, uh, about basketball. I grew up playing basketball, loved the sport of basketball, and he, uh, my, him and my mom laid a, uh, like a concrete uh, thing in the backyard with a basketball hoop. I came back from Bible camp one summer, and was like, a basketball court, yes! And so I was out there practicing a lot during the, the summer months, and I shouldn't say a lot, <laughs> not as much as I should have. Uh, but what I loved to practice was the fadeaway jumpers. Because when those went in, it's like, yes, so cool. Or like this, the, the shake and bake step back three-pointer, you know, just when those went in, it was like, yes, doing something awesome. Uh, but my dad would always remind me, you know, you can't be a good basketball player without knowing how to dribble. I was like, I know, but sitting there doing this, you know, with a chair or something, you know, up and down with the dribbling. It's just not as cool as like, in your mind, the, you know, the game's on the line, you're getting the ball and you just throw up this crazy thing and you miss. Oh wait, the game's not over yet. <laughs> then you grab it and throw it until you make it. Not as much fun, but he is absolutely right. Be a good basketball player. And I'd really have fun playing basketball. You have to know how to dribble. It's not very much fun, at least for me, to practice. It's not very much fun to really grind in the hours, but really, in the game time situations, knowing how to dribble and what to do with the basketball gives you way more opportunities. It's way more fun. It's way better in the end than chucking up half quarters and hoping one goes in. <laughs> and I feel for me personally, the things we're going to study today, even what we've been going over the summer, is a lot like that. You know, if you can implement these in your life, you will feel different. The transformation and the love of God will truly feel like you're a different person. I mean, it will hit you personally and just unlock so many different depths for you in your walk with the Lord. And especially what we're going to study today, I really feel like we can do a lot and, and, and give a lot to the Lord and serve in a lot of ways. But what the Lord, I feel like, wants us to learn this morning are things that, that really just bless us. You know, you can share your faith you can evangelize, you can, you can worship, you can, you can preach, you can lay hands on the sick and pray for them. 
But until some of these things we're going to talk about this morning get dealt with, you're, you're going to be miserable. Or you can be. And I feel like the Lord really wants us just to take care of some of these things just for our own benefit. Just so that your walk with the Lord and just your life just opens up in a new way. Just so that you have a, just a greater sense of joy and freedom and peace so the things you do are just really bolstered with a, just a greater joy, greater enjoyment. So with that said, let's turn to our passage. If you have access to the Word of God, I invite you to, to go to Ephesians chapter 4. It's kind of in the middle of the New Testament. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. It'll be on the screen as well. Ephesians chapter 4, and we are doing verses 31 and 32 this morning. So I will read them. It says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. And so I have two questions that I've, I have asked of these passages as I was prepping. Simple questions. Why? Why? Why do these things? Why not see what chapter 5 has for me? Why linger? Why do these things? And How? Why and how? And so the real answer for why, why meditate and, and slow down and, and ponder and chew on and reflect on these verses, why do these things, is because sin always takes more than it gives, like by a lot. Sin always takes more than it gives which is not how it feels in the moment. But in the long run, and really in the short run too, sin takes more than it gives. And so there's a cycle of this. It is taking parts of you that I know you don't want it to take. And so I want to show you how I've put these, especially verse 31 together, and it doesn't necessarily spell this out, but this kind of landed on me this way, and maybe it'll land on you as well. But if you think about these words, like, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. Bitterness is the first one. And in Hebrews 12, bitterness is described as, as a root of bitterness. And a root is something that grows underground. It's like a stability for a plant. It's kind of like the initial growth. It's maybe unseen, undetected. And bitterness can be that. And all of this really has in view of like with one another. You know, with other people. I know situations of life could apply here, but it's really what other people have done or our relationship with other people. And so bitterness toward one another, toward other people, whether it's family, friends, strangers, YouTube personalities, politicians, bitterness can really be a beginning of a, like an under-the-surface structural system that really supports a lot of the other things that are coming. And a lot of times it can lie underneath 
without even knowing. I mean, how many of you know that there's weeds in your yard before you see a weed on the surface? I mean, I don't. I barely see weeds when they are there. But some of the other things actually give evidence. Maybe there's underlying bitterness toward another person. So bitterness is the root, and then it leads into wrath. And another way to think of wrath is kind of like fits of anger. It like comes on you, then leaves. Like just real frustration, irritability, kind of fits of anger that you find like, whoa, where'd that come from? Can come, intense, and then it kind of dissipates. You need to ask the question, where did that come from? That's actually a really good question to ask and to think about. Where'd that come from? But as we kind of leave those different outbursts unchecked, it can move into anger. And what I see in the word anger that's different from wrath is it, it's not so much a fit of anger or something that comes with intensity and goes. It's just kind of like a, just a baseline anger, just a frustration, kind of like a critical approach to life. Just people make you mad, judgmental, critical. People, you know, anger at just at people or at institutions in general or at whole groups of people and just like a critical, judgmental spirit. Just, ugh. And you think, well, where does that come from? It's another great question. And so that baseline anger, just that sits there, a jadedness, a suspicion of people and things and ugh, can develop into what it says, clamor. Or another way to view that word, another translation, it could be quarreling. You just like to pick fights. You just like to tear down people's way of thinking and their argumentality. And you just like to poke holes in how people view life and approach life. You're just quarreling. Just picking fights. Argumentative. Sometimes for sports. Sometimes playing devil's advocate. But it's just a, a propensity just to get in people's faces. Tear down walls. Tear down thinking. And that can morph into what it says, slander. And slander is not just pulling ideas down, it's pulling people down. People's reputation, people's character, mudslinging. And maybe it's true, maybe it's not. Who cares if it, does, if it boosts your own agenda, your own image? You tear them down. Not just the ideas they present or the opinions, but just the person. Slander. Mudslinging, talking behind people's backs, tearing them down. It's like, whoa, whoa, that's pretty intense. And I'm almost positive that all of us in different areas feel these things. All of us. And life isn't very fun when you have these things. Life is not very fun, not very joyful. It's hard to really get in a groove when you have fits of anger or when you have just a quarreling mentality or when you just have a baseline critical eye. It's really hard to get in the flow of just the peace of God when these things exist. And I just really believe this morning that for us to just ponder this and to Peel back the layers. It's like God wants us to deal with these things so that we can just enjoy our walk with the Lord. 
A lot of these things just really trip us up and get into just discouragement, depression, not good feelings. It takes more than it gives. So in all transparency, this last week, you know, whenever you, you know, prepare scripture or, or preach or teach on it, you just have it in your mind. And so I'm, I'm going to tell you how it came up in my life, not the only way, but one of the, the ways I was studying these things. And I was listening to the radio in my car, and this is super transparent, so forgive me ahead of time. <laughs> I was just listening to the radio, and, and for some reason, the next song came on the radio, Christian radio station, and I just wasn't feeling the tune, and I switched it, and in my mind I said, that's a stupid song. And I thought, whoa, a stupid song? It wasn't just like, eh, I don't care for the beat, you know, or it's not my, my genre or whatever. I was like, that's a dumb song. <laughs> I gave it like five seconds. I was like, whoa, that's anger. That's criticism. That's judgmental. I was like, where does that come from? Well, I'll, I'll explain where I think it came from a little later and how I dealt with it. But those kind of things that come up throughout the day. So why? Why look into this? Because I think it's stealing a lot from us. It's stealing from us. Uh, I want to look into another passage, Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus talks about similar things. And a lot of times we lash out at people. Like I said, this passage is mainly dealing with one another, how we interact and harmonize with people around us. A lot of things could be hidden. A lot of things could be stated. And how we interact with people actually takes more than it gives. Jesus says in Matthew 5, it says, You have heard that it was said to those of all, this is Matthew 5, 21, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, You fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. A lot of quarreling and slander, anger in these verses. So, if you are offering your gift at the altar, that means if you're coming and just going to worship God, just give him an offering of praise, an offering of thanksgiving, you're just coming before God's presence just to bless him and to be blessed. Before you do that, remember, and you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there, so pause that moment before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. So this is just a super practical answer for why. why. Why get beyond these bitternesses and this anger? I mean, really practically, because if you lash out at somebody who hurt you, you're going to have to apologize to them. I mean, apologizing to someone who hurts you is not fun. <laughs> it says if, you, if someone has something against you, if you lashed out or spoke something, God says you got to go reconcile with them. And it doesn't say whatever they did to you. It says you go to them and say you're sorry. So really practically, why deal with these things? Because if you don't, you'll end up having to apologize to someone who deeply hurts you. And that's a humbling thing. The other thing is this, is it really has a, a pausing effect on your walk with the Lord. Notice what Jesus says. Leave your gift there. Leave it there. And go and be reconciled with someone that you lashed out at. Someone that you hurt. 
someone that maybe was a recipient of your fits of anger or your slander, your quarreling. Leave that gift right there. God's like, I know where it is. I'm going to keep, keep track of it for you. And go and be reconciled with that person and then come, or at least offer reconciliation. And I think, how many people this morning do you feel like your walk with the Lord is on pause? It's just stalled out. It's just dry, and you can't get past that wall. And God's like, because the gift that you have prepared to offer to me, I have safeguarded until there's a reconciliation attempt with someone in your life. And that's real. It's sitting there and it's ready to move forward with the Lord. It's ready to be offered and you want to offer it and God wants to receive it, but he has a pause on it because there's a reconciliation attempt that needs to be made by you with someone that you have hurt, lashed out. That root of bitterness bore a, a sickly fruit. And I believe this is real breakthrough for people to acknowledge that, to see that, and to humble yourself and to take the steps of the Lord and to move in that direction so that God can receive that gift and you can move forward with the Lord. So why meditate on these things? Why work on the dribbling drills of, okay, what's in my heart? What's going on inside of there? Is because it could really end up putting a real pause on your walk with the Lord. And that's not fun for anybody. So I hope it clarified a couple whys. Why slow down? Why assess what's in your heart? Why look for the roots of bitterness? And why ponder what is going on with some of these thoughts and these reactions and things? And the second question I posed was how? How do we do this? Well, I think the answer is we retrain our focus. We retrain our focus. So I have a picture ready uh, that most of you, I'm sure, have seen before. But why don't you put that picture up there on the screen? How many of you only see an old woman? Raise your hand. I think everyone's probably seen this before. <laughs> How many of you only see a young, beautiful woman? How many of you see that there's both? Okay. This is a very common illusion. There's one picture which shows an old, ugly woman with a wart on her nose, and the necklace is actually her mouth, and the neck is her chin, and the chin is her nose. Or you could see a young, beautiful woman who's turning her side. You see her, the old woman's eye is actually her ear, and the wart is her nose, and, and there's an eyelash and stuff, and... One picture. And you can see whatever you train your attention on. It almost seems like you can see them both at the same time, but I feel like we're actually just darting between the two, almost imperceptibly. One picture, two different ways to look at it. And I believe the how how do we deal with bitterness? How do we deal when people truly wrong us, truly irk us, truly walk more in a manner of the devil than of the Lord? What do we do? I don't believe we just deny the pain or just deny the hurt or that didn't actually happen or that 
that shouldn't be you know, frustrating to me, or you know, the pain isn't there, or what they did wasn't wrong. I don't think we go that route. I think the scriptures, even in this verse, show us a different way, and it's retraining your focus. You could see two different things, but depending on what you focus on will determine what you experience. All right, final looks. All right, let's go back to Ephesians 4.32. So after it says, put all these things away, he says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. In those two phrases, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you, there's an old, ugly woman and a young, beautiful woman. In those two phrases. And the old, ugly woman is forgiving one another. That means someone's hurt you. That means you've been wronged. That means someone said something to you insensitively. Someone did something to you. Whether a friend, a coworker, a boss, a subordinate, a total stranger, someone did something to you. That was wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. And it's ugly. And the Bible calls it wrong. But rather than saying, but just, you know, think of it differently. You know, rather than saying, just don't count as wrong or you know, don't, don't, don't call sin, sin. Instead, it says, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And to dial it back and to focus on the young, beautiful woman of God's grace in your life. To say what they did to me was wrong, but have I not done wrong? Have I not done probably the same thing even to them or other people? Have I not heaped up a mountain of orneriness and insensitivity and sin to God himself? Have I not rejected his obvious leading? And so to retrain your focus on what is true in the face of two true things. People hurt us and say things to us that are just dumb. But God has also shown us so much grace that the Bible can say, forgive one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Focus your attention on just the, the overwhelming grace and love of God. Think of, think of this, the breakthroughs in your life. Think of the way that God had intersected your life and spared you of things. Think of how God has brought you even to this point where you're at today and where your life could have been if one small choice were different, if one small thing was different. Think about all the true, ugly sin, sin deep that has come out of your mouth and God has dealt with you as if it didn't even happen. As if it didn't even happen. He sees you as pure and holy and blameless in Christ as his very own son. Up until this point, God counts your sins as not even have happened if you are in Christ. You have a fresh slate. Totally fresh. And God says there's enough in that picture to fuel all of your forgiveness for everybody else.
and be honest, you have to retrain your focus. Retrain. Because guess what comes a lot quicker? At least for me, it's the old ugly woman of, that was wrong. <laughs> but to retrain it takes effort and intentionality and time to say, no, hold on. There's a better picture I could focus on that I'm going to be way better off for. And that's setting your eyes on what Jesus has done for you. This moment, today, whether you've been involved with addictions, sexual sin, whether you've been involved with just relationships that fell apart and it was your fault, whether you've been a part of just horrendous things, you've said things that you would never want broadcasted to anyone else, you've thought things, done things, I've done all of those things, and today it's as if they didn't even happen in Christ. Didn't even happen. That's amazing. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So back to my moment in the car with the stupid song, <laughs> which Christian radio has no stupid songs. I mean, let me just be real. I'm so thankful that we have multiple options of Christian radio. This is so good. Shows just some of the orneriness sometimes in my own heart. But what I dialed back and was like, God, what, how do I, what do I do with this? And I feel the Lord brought me to, this is, this is funny, some songs that I have written that were stupid. <laughs> and it's like, wow. Thank you, God. <laughs> and not that they were sinful or anything, but it's like, I'm no different. And you know what? It totally changed my perspective. It just totally lightened my heart in that moment. It totally gave me a new appreciation for that artist. This gave me a new sense of, I don't know, love and peace. I, I, I might still change the radio station, but it was like all that judgment and that criticism just kind of left. Like, I've written dumb songs, and that's way better than stuff I've written. And I think the Lord has a way of doing that. It's like, Take a look at your own life, not to judge you or to condemn you and be like, oh, you're, you do dumb stuff too. But it's like, no, just to release that bitterness and say, you know, God is, I've done all that stuff and God receives me. It was such a, a lifting from my own heart. And I say, man, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. New appreciation, a new love. Another uh, answer that I had for the question of how it's found in James. And then we'll wrap up here. James 4, verse 1 and 2. So good. So good. So applicable. James 4, 1 and 2 says, What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. Man. I would hate for that to be like the verse over my tombstone. Man, he didn't have because he didn't ask. <laughs> what a poor, poor fellow. 
you do not have, which causes the frustration because people are in the way and they're doing things that steal from you and they're just, you don't have what people are stealing, not because of them, but because you don't ask. Ask who? Ask God. What it's saying is you don't bring God into the equation. You don't bring the Lord into the situation. And by faith, believe that he's bringing a better result if you just wait on it than you could if you acted now. Bringing the Lord into the relationship, bringing the Lord into the situation, into the conversation, into the marriage, bringing the Lord into the marriage, into what's going on, bringing the Lord into the, the parenting and what's going on there. Bringing the Lord into the friendship. Bringing the Lord into the roommate situation. Bringing the Lord into the workplace. And truly give the situation to him and say, God, would you bring about at least a peaceful situation for me internally? And God, would your hand be spread out and, and take care of this for me? Take care of this, God. Take care of this. And you know what? He will. He will. As Jordan said in, before his prayer, he will. How much access do we have in prayer? And the Bible says you're getting all that feeling and you're quarreling and just fits of anger because it hasn't been given to the Lord and you haven't trusted in his way forward. So I really invite you this morning, let's bring things before the Lord in prayer. Let's bring those relationships I mean, if you're married, I am almost positive there are things in your marriage we could step before the Lord. I know that. Any close relationship with people requires it. Parenting, if you have a roommate, if you have a coworker, if you ever see anybody in your life, <laughs> let's bring it before God. So I'm going to invite the band back up. Gonna make your way to the stage. And, and I want to give us a moment before we go into this closing song. And remember in the Ephesians where it talks about the different progressions, that's the way I see it. And what would the Lord bring to your mind right now? Have there been slanderous attempts at just degrading somebody? Has there been quarreling and just picking fights? lately? Has there been just a baseline anger, criticism, judgmentalism? Has there been just outbursts of anger kind of randomly? Where's the root? Where's the root? And how can we bring God into the effort, bring God into what's going on and say, you know what, God, I'm going to follow your approach. I'm going to meditate on what Jesus has done for me this day. And I'm going to give what they have done to me over to you, God. So let's just take a couple moments. And you can bow your head, close your eyes. And just let, ask the Lord, Lord, where, where is this in my life?
every, every head bowed, every eye closed. This is not for anybody. This is not for me. This is for you and the Lord. And Crookston will go a different direction in a little bit. But with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you feel like you need to reach out to someone and attempt reconciliation for what you've done or said, would you be so bold as to just raise your hand? That maybe your walk the Lord is on pause. There's things in your life that are on pause because there needs to be a reconciliation attempt by you. You can put your hands down. Thank you. Now how about if there's something that you thought of that you haven't brought to the Lord, haven't sought his timing, haven't sought his wisdom with another person, would you raise your hand? As a, as, a, as a gesture of God, would you take it now? Would you take it now, God? Just raise your hand, have it in your mind, and say, God, this, and offer your, raise your hand just as a offering. Would you come into this situation, come into this? I ask for your grace and your help. Thank you, you can put your hands down. And so, Father, for all of our hearts, Lord, your word says that the cross of Jesus Christ is the great equalizer. Earlier in this very book, you talk about how the cross of Christ brings Jews who are super religious and holy and Gentiles who are just without God, sinners, unrighteous, together. You've brought the righteous to need the Lord Jesus as well as the sinner. We are all on an equal playing field before you and the cross. So Father God, I pray that your spirit would just breathe fresh appreciation in our hearts today. Fresh love, fresh gratefulness, God. That today, you have just wiped away every reason you would say no to our prayers. Sin separates us from you, but in Christ you have brought us near and has wiped away every reason you would turn a blind eye to us. You've wiped away every reason, God, for you to turn your back on us. And today you are reaching out and leaning in as if we never sinned. That's awesome, God. Our prayers are going up to you, God. You see the hands that were raised. You see the situations here. And you're ready to act. You're ready to act on our behalf. Thank you, God. So Lord, fix our eyes on what Jesus has done for us. And I just feel compelled in this moment to ask another question. You can keep your head bowed and eyes closed that if, if you've never tasted the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, if you've never given your heart over to the Lord and you've never offered your sin to him and say, wipe it away, God, wipe it away, I'm yours. If you've never truly felt that and you wanna give your life to the Lord, would you raise your hand here this morning as well? Just reaching out and say, God, touch my life. Thank you, thank you. Amen, you can put your hands down. Father, you see those hands, and I pray right now that the, the forgiveness of Jesus Christ would just be real, that the word of God would be true, that your forgiveness would just be felt. God, you wipe, wipe away every sin, every story, every situation, and make it new. Thank you, Jesus. So Lord, again, as we worship, as we close in the song, Lord, set our eyes on just the beauty of Jesus Christ and what you've done for us. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay connected with us, visit us on our website or check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hello Freedom Church. Have a great week.